Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Good morning! Man, it is good to be back here at Eastern Assembly. This is actually a home church for us. Um, not too long ago, we came and visited. It's a little bit far from when we come to York. My, we live in York. Uh, we used to live in York, but I have a house in York. My parent, my dad passed away in November of last year, so I bought it um, so my mom and dad would have money to live. She's in a senior facility. But anyhow, we drive. It's about, what, an hour, 10, 15 minutes? But I want to tell you, it's worth the drive. I mean, we really, I know Ed from, I don't, I shouldn't say, Ed knows me from school. He was a band guy. I was an athlete, so I was a little bit popular, and he knew who I was. He said I was a guy you didn't want to mess with. Yeah, I was a pretty knucklehead back in those days, but uh, he said, it's amazing. We're sitting in this office that two guys probably never would have thought would be preaching the gospel. Here we are. I got to tell you a funny story where he left about the outreach we did. I just thought of it. I don't know if I can share this from a pulpit. You guys are filming this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. Uh, it's anyhow. It's my last service, so they can't. They, I don't have another one, so if I don't get invited back, we're, I guess we're good. So we're doing outreach in Dundalk. I love evangelism. Uh, it's a gift that I have. I, you know, the enemy tried to destroy that gift on my life for many, many, many years. I don't know if you realize, but you were called from your mother's womb, and God has a plan for you. He knew your days before you were here. It's amazing. The devil wants you to think that life's hopeless. It's, you know, it's this, that, or it's whatever. Your life's based on your circumstances. are never going to change. You're crazy. One day you're going to die. All them circumstances are gone. You want to make sure that those light and momentary afflictions don't keep you from an eternal weight of glory that you're going to have. I mean, forever is a long time. Don't you bet your hope on the gospel is not true so that you live in sin and have a good time, you know. So anyhow, we're doing outreach, and I'm a pretty white guy. I'm identified that way. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we're in Dundalk. This is kind of relevant to the story a little bit. And we come across, this, I come across the street. We're finished. Him and I were in the park, and there's this a black and a white girl up here and this bigger black girl down here. And I come, you know, I'm, I'm not from this area, but I'm just like, you know, he's this crazy white guy coming up. Hey, how y'all doing? Has anyone told you today how much Jesus loves you? And the girl that was down below, the bigger girl, she's coming over to me and she's quoting scriptures in between profanities. And like, you know, so she has some idea, but it was sin con- Baltimore sinny, sin conscious Christianity at its finest, right? She, I know. And I'm just listening to her go off with F-bombs and this, that, whatever. And I got a word from the Lord. And I said, do you have pain in your left hip? She goes, there's no way you can know it. That's God. That's God. And I said, wow. She goes, I was shot in my butt. Now, this is Baltimore, right? So that kind of happened, right? I was shot in my butt, and the bullets lodged in my hip. And I said, well, man, there's a bench up here. Let's go up and sit you down and check. Her left leg was short. And I prayed and it come out, and she got up, I mean, freaking out because all the pain was going. And I don't know if she thought I didn't believe her or what, but she turned around and pulled her pants down to show me where the bullet hole was. I mean, them bullets make a perfect circle. And I was like, I didn't need to see all that, but I believed you. But Ed thought that was absolutely hilarious. But, you know, the thing about that is, man, you guys have a mission field all around you. I mean, you can't look at that as hopelessness because my life was hopeless. And if God can rescue me out of the crazy cocaine-fueled life that I live, man, he can rescue people that you know out of that. The fact that they're still on this side of the grass, there's still hope, right? Hallelujah. So the last time I was here, 
was, uh, it was in Halloween of 2021. Saturday, we did the outreach, and then Sunday, uh, we did the services, and it was just an amazing time. Uh, just really enjoy the people here. Love Pastor Ed and Rachel. Uh, love the leadership. Love the people in the, in, the, in the family of God here. I love what God has done here, what he's doing here. And I want to encourage you, there's more yet to be done. So get your hopes up. All right? Realize that your hope dealers, those of you that are strong, need to bear with the failings of the weak. Man, we don't want to shoot our brothers and sisters. We want to help them get free so that we can all be good soldiers in the army of God. Why? Because out that door is the mission field, and people need us. Amen? Right? So um, my wife and I are, are pretty busy people for some crazy reason. I never thought I would ever preach the gospel. Uh, I believed in God, but I really never understood who he was. And you need to know who God is because knowing God's eternal life. You can believe in God, a higher power, whatever, but you need to know God. But God radically uh, got a hold of my, my life. And um, several years ago, somebody gave me one of those uh, globes, right, that had the earth on it. And said, I'm at a restaurant. He was fast. And he said, hey, I'm supposed to give you this. He said, God told me you're going to travel the world and preach the gospel. I didn't make a shrine out of it, burn candles, praying into it. I just thought, huh, put it on a shelf in my, in my office at the house. And sure enough, um, I lost my son to a drunk driver March 4th, 2014. Uh, I shared this last time I was here. Some of you might remember, but you can look me up. Episode 27, Todd Wade on YouTube. If you want, you get a quick clip of the short story of my life, okay? But anyhow, uh, so, so God showed... Oh, I'm jumping ahead. So anyhow, my son was killed. I was in, in, in California at a restaurant, met this guy named Joel Shaw. And then sometime after that, my wife said, these guys from Australia are trying to get a hold of you. They want you to come to Australia. And I'm like, I only know two people, and they don't live in Australia. They're Australians. I don't even know what they want. They, they want me to come preach the gospel. I'm like, I haven't done a whole lot of that. Okay, how's this going to work? Well, we'll pay your flight. We'll... We'll give you an honorarium. We'll put you up to a place to stay. We, we want you to come. He said I was the first guy that he ever asked to come to his church to preach that he never heard preach before. And my mom used to tell me I should have been a lawyer or a preacher because I don't stop talking. <laughs> so I mean, I do, but I, I didn't used to when I was a kid, I think. My mom used to ground me, and she ground me for two weeks, and then she'd leave me out after two hours because she said I was torturing her. Mom, mom, mom. Some of you moms got those situations going on right now, right? So anyhow, I go over there, and a buddy of mine was with me, a guy named Ben, and we're in Melbourne, and I'm going up to do this conference. It's called Christ in You, the Hope of Glory. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you need to help me. I've never done a conference before. I don't know what I'm doing. This is what he said. He says, I can't go with you. I have some churches I got to speak at down here. You're going to go up and you're going to be okay because the Holy Spirit will be with you. I have notes. I'm going to get to some of them, but man, you fill your heart with the word and it'll come out, right? And I want you to know I did eight sessions in six days and had never done a conference before and God really, really, really moved. And so since that, I don't preach all the time. 
I'm a businessman, and we're trying to do more, trying to raise money in different ways to finance Bibles, missions, Iranian brothers and sisters in Turkey and Iran and, and different places, right? But I, I preach enough times a year, and it seems like I get called more overseas. This is what I want to share with you a little bit, our travel schedule. So March the 18th, we went into Turkey uh, to work with our Iranian brothers and sisters. These people flee the oppression in Iran. Many of them are open to the gospel because they've seen Islam at its worst. Uh, usually I preach a message, who do men say that I am? On the Quran, it says that God has no son. It says that Jesus wasn't crucified on the cross, right? But the Bible says the exact opposite. And I preach that, and not persuasive words, but the Spirit of God, just like he revealed it to Peter, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. No one told Peter but the Father in heaven. So I'm not trying to argue people into the kingdom. So we go into Turkey, and we were in different cities, Izmir and Istanbul, and a couple other ones. I don't even know if I can pronounce them unless I read the words to you. We just saw so many miracles. But the point is, we were gone from 315 until 428. We had about a couple days, maybe 10 days we were going to spend on vacation. My wife's mom had a heart attack. She went on to be with Jesus, and we're okay with that because she didn't used to be a Christian. And it was neat the day she gave her life to the Lord and how we were able to be with her the last 30 days. So we spent the month of May, uh, you know, up in uh, Pennsburg area where she was finally at a, at a home until she finally passed and went on to be with Jesus. My point to all this is I had to come up here. I had people from Germany visiting us, so we went to visit them. They didn't get to see them the whole month. They were there three, four weeks. Then we come up here because I'm speaking here. And then I'm going to be here probably taking care of the state stuff for a while. My point is, don't feel sorry for me. Just pray for us. Uh, we're going to be going for like six months from our home this year because we got other stuff we're doing. It's exciting, though. So we do this stuff. Our prayer was, Lord, the harvest is right. The labors are few. Send us where you need labors. And a lot of times, because I'm a business guy, I get to go to preach at churches where they can't pay you an honorarium. So we're in places like, well, actually, we tend to buy in lunches and we sow money into some of these churches in Denisley. Uh, it's just been absolutely amazing. So um, we are getting ready to celebrate the 4th, and so I wanted to do a message today um, really about that, about Independence Day. I, I looked it up, and I, I think I got it right. I think this is the 247th year, right, that we celebrate our independence from England, Right? Hallelujah. And that's something worth celebrating, right? Um, I think it is. And, uh, you know, Independence Day, I want to I bring a message today that's talking about what real freedom is. On Memorial Day, you, know, you hear this saying that um, all gave some and some gave all, right? How many people here are, are veterans and served in the army? There you go, right? And some of us that were veterans aren't here, right? They went on to be with the Lord, hopefully, right? But there's no one that has paid a price like Jesus Christ has paid. Jesus gave all. The creator of the universe humbled himself to become a man. Absolutely amazing. And people, and some of my Muslim friends, do not understand that, that God could be a man. I just recently had an encounter at uh, a Panda Express. I got done working out, went there to get some food, and a public trash truck came in. Uh, these two guys were, were behind me, and I said, hey, I want to buy you lunch. Oh, man, that's just crazy. I can't believe you're doing this. Jason, I can't remember the other guy. Jason had dreads. 
And so I buy him lunch. As I'm standing in the line, I knew there were trash drivers. There's a guy named Myron Golden, okay, who's, a, who's, a, who's an amazing guy. He's a black fellow that really was a trash collector driver. He wrote a book from trash man to cash man. And this guy's writing it down. So like all of a sudden I see there's an open door. I have him sit with me. And I begin to share about some of the things that I get to do and how I see so many Muslims come to Christ by preaching who does men say that I am. And this guy's got tears in his eyes, Jason. He goes, I can't believe you're saying this. I used to preach the gospel, but I've become a Muslim. He says, how can God be three persons? How could God be a man? And I said, man, I used to have lots of questions like that. And it's not as difficult as you think. I said, how can God talk to 20 billion or how many people that have ever existed exist today at the same time, have an individual conversation, not forget his thoughts, right? Not forget anything, have a conversation with you, 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 me, all at the same time and keep track of everything. He goes, can God do that? He goes, well, of course he's God. I said, how? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, that's the same thing with the Trinity. It's the family of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's only one family of God. One family called God. Three persons. And let me tell you why Jesus had to become a man. He had to become a man because Adam and Eve divorced God in the garden. And they broke their marriage certificate, their covenant with God. And he had to come and walk out 613 laws and 10 commandments to redeem our part so that we could get right with God. That's why Jesus came. Guy had tears in his eyes, man. It was just absolutely amazing. So I want to talk about that today. America today seems to be less free as our country leadership embraces godlessness. But I want to tell you, I travel in other countries where it's different. I mean, they're not even as free as here, but they're preaching the gospel at the cost of prison. Don't you let anyone tell you that you shouldn't, that you can't. You have an obligation of love to share your faith with a world that's perishing, right? The worst thing that's gonna happen, I've had it happen, bro, get away from me, I don't wanna talk to you. Well, you know what I do? I don't get an argument, I walk away praying for that person. God, he don't wanna hear it from me, but can he hear it from you? Give him a dream, give him a vision, send other people, send him an angel unaware, right? This is crazy. So we're in countries where they have dictators. I'm willing to go to really bad countries because now the book that I used to not believe and try to disprove, I found out that it's true. It is the words of life. God's not a man that he should lie. He staked his son's life on it. It's a covenant with blood. And I want you to know it's the last will of Jesus, the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. And you're written in the will. All the promises are yes and amen. The devil doesn't want you to realize what's available to you. So, yep, America today seems to be less free as, as our country leadership embraces godlessness. It's time for the mighty soldiers in the army of God to fight for the soul of a nation and the souls that are perishing. Freedom fighters, but with the Father's heart for the lost. If you don't love people, it doesn't matter what you bring to them. There's a guy named Edward Kim who we met at Kapa'a Missionary Church years ago when we used to live there. He calls himself a Korean Jew because he's in Israel. 
And, uh, and I, I'm an evangelist, and he got kicked out of Israel for winning too many people to Christ. So at the end of the message, and he was teaching, no one had any questions. Anybody have any questions? How did you get kicked out of Israel for winning so many people to Christ? I'm thinking, man, blind eyes were open, and deaf ears were open, and, and you know, people were getting filled with the Spirit. I'm thinking all this stuff, and none of that. He says, well, he says, it's really way more simple than we make it. He says, I have four Koreans that come over. We set up chai tents at New Age festivals for people that are searching. And uh, he said, they know these few worship songs. They know these English words. A lot of Jews speak English. Jesus loves you. I love you. But if you don't have the Father's heart for love, they don't want what you're hearing. They have gospel tracts. And through that, so many people are coming to Christ, right, that he got kicked out of Israel. So I want you to know that God wants to give you his heart today. Guaranteed. So America might be crumbling, whether it stands or not, another 250 years, whether Jesus comes back, who knows? But you were born for such a time as this. And even if America perishes, God will save souls out of America. And you can have a responsibility in that. Lay those treasures in heaven. And one day hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on. So my message today is called The Problem, The Promise, and The Power. And the Problem. We all got problems, but I'm going to talk about the problem, why we have problems. In the beginning, God created everything. It was very good, very good, very good. Adam and Eve lacked nothing. They were created in God's image. But if you go to the book of Genesis, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians eleven three, I fear just like the serpent deceived Eve, you be led away from the simplicity of the gospel. Let's go to the Genesis 3, right? Or Genesis 1. Go through Genesis. Read it. In the beginning it was good. Get to Genesis 3. It talks about the fall of man. Genesis 1, and 1, Let us, the Hebrew words Elohim, means plural, more than two. First reference to Trinity. Let us make mankind in our image. Genesis 1, it was. So the liar, the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, the serpent is enticing Eve by making her think that God had kept something from her and that God lied to her. You better be careful what voice you're listening to and what thoughts you're, you're allowing. If you're not taking them captive, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They'll take you captive. Because it goes back to the same thing. Did God really say? Did God really say that those that continue to live like this, 1 Corinthians 6, will not inherit the kingdom of God? Oh, no, that's cultural. That was Old Testament. The alphabet people, the progressive church, saying that, you know, this is the way it is, and we're ordaining people of same sex, saying it's okay. It's not okay. Jesus started his ministry and said, repent. Turn away from everything you think you know. Deny yourself, because you weren't created for yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Without holiness, no one will see God. We can't do holiness, but we can become holy through the blood of Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the problem, the fall of man, the promise. Oh, Genesis 3.15. Devil, because you did this. 
Oh, this was predetermined, by the way. Because you did this, you're going to crawl in the belly all the days of your life. You're going to eat dirt, you foul serpent. And the day is coming where you will strike his heel, the cross, and he will crush your head. I like that as a biker shirt. Again, I don't even have a bike anymore, but you know what I mean? Skull crusher, Jesus. The cross, I think it'd be cool, right? So you're going to crush your head. So that, that's the, we're going to get into that. So that's the, the problem uh, was, was the fall of man. The promise was God's coming, the gospel. And the power, the, the, the promise of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit. Wait until you receive power from on high to be my witness, to become Christ-like, to be restored back to what was fallen. Because the whole point of the gospel is to change who you are. Because what you were born into was never what you were created to be. We were created in the image of God. We're born into the fall of Adam. The greatest miracle that I've ever seen in my life. Can I tell you the greatest miracle that I've ever seen? I've seen some cool stuff. A few blind eyes open, right? People getting healed, legs, knees, backs, just crazy stuff. Skin conditions. But the greatest miracle that I ever saw was I saw someone raised from the dead. That's power. See, it was me. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I couldn't get out. I, became, I used to use cocaine, and then cocaine began to use me to the point I tried to commit suicide one night because I cheated on this woman again. I couldn't stop. And I put a hose in the back of that expensive sports car that I thought made me cool. And I took some sleeping pills, and I had a Bible I didn't read, and I drank the Jack Daniels I didn't like. And I called a friend of mine from Ethiopia and I said, Kidest, I want you to get my body. I don't want my kids to come home and find it. Please don't do this. She's a couple hours away in Virginia. I was in Pennsylvania. She was at our home in Hawaii. I said, I'm sorry I'm doing it. I took the pills. Wrote her a suicide note. Dear Gail, I'm sorry. I'm not the kind of husband you deserve. And my kids deserve a better father. But I can't seem to stop this behavior. So I'm going to take my life and hope I see you in heaven. I fell asleep. And I woke up 20 minutes later sober in my right mind. Prayer is powerful. Don't you think because you don't have an immediate answer all the time that God's not listening? Okay, it took Daniel how many days? 21 days before the answer came. See, that's the end. We live in an age of information, technology, and instant gratification. I prayed you didn't do nothing. What is going on? It ain't like you don't have the power and the ability. Stop that. These are light and momentary afflictions. Sometimes it's a test that we're in. Like Joseph, right? Man, you look at the test of Joseph, right? He had the pride test. He got the visions telling his brothers didn't like him, right? Man, you all, you all going to bow down to me. I mean, that's not a good thing to do. Right, he had the, he had the uh, pit test, he had the palace test, the prison test. He had, he, had, he had been anointed, but he had to go through the disappointment before he got the appointment. And sometimes we all got to remember that that's a process in life that we all got to do because God's trying to get us to get rid of our own way of trying to solve problems so that we can do them his way. Promise. So let's talk about this real freedom.
It's available to all. All that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. He's no respecter of person. I mean, the decision is ours. He says, go out into the highways and byways and invite whosoever will come. Because he invited his own, they didn't come. The Jews were broken off for a season because they rejected him that we could be grafted in. But let's not take pride in that. Let's just believe that one day that all of Israel will be saved. And let's take those invitations. You're inviting people to an eternal, <laughs> to an eternal destiny, to the wedding feast of the supper of the Lamb. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we talk about the problem. You know, the problem didn't even really start in the Garden of Eden. I believe it started in heaven where Satan rebelled, and I believe one-third of the heavenly angels was cast down. And if he can talk one-third of the angels out of heaven, don't think he's not trying to keep you from getting there. Offering you whatever it takes. Didn't he offer Jesus the kingdom of the earth and all their splendor? These have been given to me. He got the keys to the dominion of the earth that Adam and Eve were supposed to have. And sin under the rule and reign. But Jesus wasn't bowing to get a temporary kingdom that one day was going to burn. He's going to destroy the earth by fire, roll the heavens up like a skull, create a new heaven and a new earth. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Thank God that he's patient and gives us opportunity to repent. But what's the devil offering you to exchange your birthright? Pornography? Fornication, homosexuality, lying, stealing, pride of life, pride of the eyes, lust of the flesh, idolatry, spending more time with other things than the, th than the one who created the things. Come on, man. Oh. The day... That they ate of the tree, they didn't become like God. They became like the father of the devil. I can prove it to you. What did Jesus tell the, the Pharisees when they said, well, who do you think you are? Our father's Abraham. <laughs> he goes, your father's Abraham. I'll tell you who your dad is. Your dad's the devil because you do his works. That didn't go over so well. Loving Jesus, kind, we got to love people. Listen, it's okay to share the truth and know your position, but Jesus has his heart in the right place. We're not lording it over people or calling people out without any desire for people to repent to make us right and them wrong. It's a big difference, right? So, but think about it. So, so that's who Adam and Eve became like. How do we know this? It's the works of the flesh in Galatians, right? All the things that you read in there, the awful things, I mean, anger, malice, hatred, sexual morality, right? There's this list of stuff that people do. You didn't get that from God. You got that from the enemy, but those that belong to him, right, have crucified the flesh with its desires, crucified to the world, crucified to self. I died with Christ. And then what happens is the, the promise that's coming, right, is going to give us the Holy Spirit to transform our lives so that we would become Christ-like, be restored back to what we lost because what we were born into was never what we were created to be. We are the crowning glory of God's creation. You are a royal priesthood. You're his own special people. You're the best he's got. You are the roster of God that he chose for y'all to be born in such a crazy time like this. You know what I believe about that? He believes way more in what he can do in and through you than you do. 
You know why? Because you're watching too much CNN and Fox News and all that other stuff, and you're filling your head with all this stuff that's wrong in the world. When I'm going to tell you right now, this is what's right. I have a fact checker. It's the Bible. All right? And you all know what that book says in relation to any other thing that's being said. And if it doesn't measure up the Word of God, get rid of it. Amen? Oh. What happened is it created idolatry. You know, there's a lot of people that will come in my name saying, here I am. You can see it in the New Age. It's Jesus here, Jesus there. There's a progressive church Jesus that he looks like the one that we worship. They talk about some of the similar things, the cross, whatever. But this Jesus allows people to remain in their sin. That is a false Jesus. I don't care what they make him look like up until that point. If this Jesus doesn't require repentance... Right and being crucified with Christ and dying to the self, how can you take up your cross and follow him if you haven't denied yourself? No, you're going to follow what you want to do. Be careful what spirit leads you. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. When I was a young man, a spirit led me to look through the, the, the mattress of someone, I'm not going to say who it was, and to find pornography magazines. Why would I even do that? Why would I even think that? See, there's, there's spirits that will lead us astray, but there's a Holy Spirit. He will never lead you astray. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you into all truth and righteousness. So the promise that Christ would come To take us out of the idolatry of self. You know the worst idol that you can have? Is the one in the mirror. <laughs> Your God starts looking a lot like you. I hear people tell me, well my God ain't like you. My God, da 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 da, higher power this, higher. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's no other way in which men could be saved. So I want to find out what my father says through the word of God. If someone tells me, so I read, you better read that Bible. They've done studies that prove that if you read that Bible four, five, six times a week, man, you do way better than people that don't only come to church once a week. Don't overwhelm yourself with thinking you've got to read an hour every morning before you go to work. Read a little bit. Give yourself 10, 15 minutes. Get started if you're not doing that. The devil wants you to think, oh, this is what God wants of you. There is no amount of time that you spend with God that is ever wasted. None. He can do way more with a little bit than you can even think, ask, or imagine. Amen? Oh. I like uh, your pastor sent me this teaching on a broken tabernacle. Uh, it was called, uh, let me see if I remember. Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. I don't know if you guys listen to any of it. Dick Brogdon. I actually met a guy in disciple in Texas. He's a former Muslim whose father does work with him. Small world, how God connects things, right? He says, well, you, I'll, get you, I'll get, let you meet him. It's pretty cool. But anyhow, Dick Brogdon says this. I like, like some of his quotes. The love of God saves us from the wrath of God for the glory of God. 
See, God hates sin. He's going to destroy sin and all that causes it. 1 John 3, 8 says all sin is of the devil. That doesn't mean if you sin, you're necessarily of the devil. It means that when you sin, you're coming into agreement with him. It doesn't mean you're necessarily condemned to hell. If you live a life of sin, unrepentant you are. Right? So the, the love of God, for God so loved the world that he was the only begotten son. Come on, John the Baptist. Who warned you, brood of vipers, to flee the coming wrath? See, Jesus came in on a donkey bringing peace, but he's not coming back on a donkey. He's coming back on a war horse. Now, that's not something that we should, yes, we want to see, watch, oh, this is good. I want to see the devil defeated, but I want souls brought out of his clutches before that. I don't want people perishing. Brought us away to hell and many surrounded in. How many is too many? Isn't one too many? First, Second Peter 3, 9 says, I don't even desire that one should perish. Come on, we've got a mission, man. It's the Great Commission. Oh, my goodness. 1 Corinthians 2, 7, same as the 3, 15 of prophecy, writes, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. This was hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth was laid. Man, you get all these questions. How God, why God, I'm over that in my life. That stuff produced nothing in me. If the questions aren't bearing fruit in your life and producing a godly, holy life of following him, I'll bet you those questions aren't coming from God. He would say to people, follow me, and they'd follow him. Yeah, but what about this guy? What about this Jesus? What about No, 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 they follow him because there's something about him. Can I tell you why I know the gospel's true? The same idol that I used to worship in the mirror now is dead. When I see the guy in the mirror, I behold as in an image, 2 Corinthians 3, the son. And, and as you behold, I'm, behold him, and so are you being transformed more and more back into that image from glory to glory by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the gospel. It's good news. Yes. We were all born in the fall of Adam, but we must be born again. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27 prophesies it. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will remove the heart of stone. That's the one we got from Adam. And I'll give you the one that Jesus paid for, a heart of flesh, a heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart that you were supposed to have. And you know what? You're going to have to be crucified with Christ. You're going to have to die to that thing. But I'm going to make you a brand new creation in Christ. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And you're still got to do something else. I got to do something else. It's not enough because you can't do it in your own strength. Oh, wait till you receive power from on high, Acts 1, my witnesses. I'm going to put my spirit in you that's going to enable you to do what you could never do in your own strength. Do you realize that your bodies are, hallelujah, come on, give them a hand clap for that for sure. Can you believe that God wanted to move back into this decrepit, dilapidated, sin-filled house? You know what? He's got this miracle clean stuff. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called the blood of Christ. Though my sins were like scarlet, he got in there and took his little squeegee or whatever he did and cleaned it all up, filled me with his spirit. I got a high priest in the Holy of Holies in my temple sprinkling my conscience with the blood of Christ, which is unlike the blood of bulls and goats that had to be offered year after year after year. This was offered once for all. And you know what it's doing? It's freeing me so that I can serve the living God. Amen? Amen? See, because that's what you were created for. 
I mean, there's a lot of freedom. You pick what you want to eat, make. I mean, God's amazing. He's not like up there with a, with a whip, a taskmaster. No, he wants us to love him because he first loved us. We were created for relationship and intimacy. But make no mistake, he's the God of the universe. On Father's Day last year, I remember sitting at Father's Day and I just went, wow. Jesus, you told me to call him my father. He's the creator of the universe. Stars bigger than the sun. He knows quantum physics. He made them. And you want me to call him father? I'm weeping. I'm like, God, it's so awesome. I was adopted in birth, but I'm adopted twice. I'm so thankful that you would adopt me into your family, that you never wanted me to perish, that you saw me in my worst state and still believed the best about me, that I could become something different, that nothing was too hard for you. You know the biggest bar that you would have to keep you out of heaven is self-righteousness? Careful. Don't be like that elder brother in the prodigal son story. Well, I don't have your testimony. Yeah, you might have a different one. It might even be worse in some ways. Come on. No one, Paul writes, I was blameless in keeping the law, but if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Oh, he had to become the man to fulfill the law. He had to fulfill all the prophecies. Man, he thought we were worth it. He thought you were worth it. I mean, that song in Christmas, right? Oh, holy night, long lay the world in sin and error pining. <laughs> we're just pining, groaning, wanting to be freed like the earth from this bondage to corruption until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. What shall it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Why would you exchange anything for your soul? Man, our life is but a vapor, man. I'm 63 already, but I identify as 15. <laughs> See, you can laugh at that because that's how crazy it is out there, right? That's just stupid. And I'm just like, no, so I'm 63 and my life is running by, but you know what? I'm going to finish this thing out. And I'm going to run this race. I share the gospel everywhere I go. In the airport, TSA agent. I don't remember her name, Letitia or Latoisha or something. I, I walk by her and, and I just walked by. She, was, she took the fast line that turned out to be the slow line. Because you don't have to unpack your stuff, right? And they're in there like, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it takes forever to look through it. Just let them unpack your stuff. Give them two lap, a laptop, a computer, and we're, we're done. I'm waiting for So I walk over. I say, hey, man, do you have problems with your, your uh, hip and your back? She goes, I do. And then I thought it was left. But if I get it wrong, it's okay. But I just, I just trying to hear the Holy Spirit. And I said, is your left hip? How do you know that? She gets healed. Well, I got so many of these stories. The girl at uh, Target the other day. We, I got TJ Maxx. I'm sorry. We don't shop at Target as much. But <laughs> we're just boycotting that whole pride thing. I mean, you can't totally boycott it. It's everywhere, right? right? My bottle of water's probably got a pride symbol somewhere, right? We talked to Ed about that. So I'm just kidding. So I got, this is number four, right, you know, register four. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm funny. I, I like to make people laugh. I said, register four. I've always wanted to get picked for register four. And this girl's like looking at me like, who is this crazy guy? But I use that to start the conversation with her. As I'm talking to her, making fun and carrying on and encouraging her, I said, hey, do you have problems with your feet? She goes, I do. How do you know that? Can I pray for you? Yeah, and her feet get healed. And then the Lord gave me a word for her. This is for you ladies. Quit giving your heart away to men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
lean not on your own understanding. You don't have to give your heart to a man to love a man. In fact, you want to, amen? How many times have we been burnt by that one, right? Yeah. And then you make the wrong decision over and over and over. No, 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 no. Give your heart to the Lord. Don't you think that quick relationship is going to make you feel better for a moment, but it's going to end up in the same shambles that the last one did. You want a man that loves Jesus more than you so that he can honor you, wash you with the word, and so that you never become an idol and have to perform for him, but he loves you and vice versa. That's for you young people, man. All right? Oh, I wish I knew that then, but guess what? I know it now. And if I got out of jail of something, you could say, well, you did all that stuff. Okay, we'll go spend 30 years in jail and then come out and tell me what it was like. That's dumb. You don't have to have done those things to have a testimony. I wish I would have never. That's godly sorrow. Godly sorrow produces repentance. So when I realize there's something I've done, if the enemy's trying to taunt me with it, accuse me, tempt me, or then condemn me, you know what I do? That's what I say. God, I'm sorry. I wish I would have never done that. Thank you for forgiving me. That takes power. And then you know what I do? I'll pray for the person. Say it was someone that I shouldn't have been with physically. God, if they're still alive, I pray for them. I pray for their salvation. I pray for their family. So if the devil wants to give me a prayer list, I'll just take it and run with it. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he flees. You are working out in God's gym all the day long because resistance training builds strong muscles and it ain't going to quit till you leave this body and get to heaven and that'll be a good day. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, right? Death isn't a tragedy for the Christian, right? It's a promotion. It's a tragedy for the unbeliever. And the reason flesh and blood can't go to heaven is because you've touched sin. It's been touched by sin. That corruption must be put off and you must be clothed with immortality. Guess what? You'll never have to take a thought captive in heaven. You'll just have his thoughts, great thoughts, glorious thoughts. Like maybe we'll be doing worship and someone have a thought about the glory of God and it'll erupt through the crowd and we'll be like, yeah. You got to think like that, okay? Oh, it's the glorious gospel for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The whole Old Testament is full of it. Jesus on the road to Emmaus shared with Cleophas and the other fellow, Cleophas was his uncle at the time, I remember the name, you know, didn't know who he was. Imagine what that was like. Jesus is crucified. These guys are bumming. Jesus shows up in disguise. Hey, guys, what's going on? You seem kind of bumming. You must not be from around here. You didn't hear what happened. Jesus, the one that we thought was the one, the Messiah, they killed him. They beat him beyond recognition. And now we got these crazy ladies trying to tell us that he's raised from the dead. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. As much as sometimes it's hard to admit, my wife is right more than I want to admit. <laughs> they got the Holy Spirit too, and that actually helps you. You know, listen, sometimes they give you good advice. Sometimes they're just really bad backseat drivers. I don't know anybody personally like that. Oh, wait a minute. That's you. Okay, never mind. We won't go down that conversation. We did that in the last message. You can listen to it if you want. See, don't do it twice. Once I'll let you get away with it. Twice you're in trouble. Oh, so one of the messages I preach a lot uh, is who do men say that I am, right? You're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. I've had some crazy testimonies. Uh, man, I'll just tell you the one because we're getting cut for time here. But uh, I got picked up in, in, at DFW by an Uber driver. Uh, he was from Somalia. And I was trying to get a word. I was praying for God to give me a word, and I didn't hear anything. So I just said this. Has anyone told you today just how much Jesus loves you? He said, I hate religion. 
I said, man, I bet you do. You have seen it at its worst. Shia and Sunni Muslims killing each other over Quran differences and tribal disputes. We got 22 minutes to get to my house from DFW. I said, do you know that Jesus hated religion? In the Quran, Jesus is just Isa, the prophet. But he's a good prophet. He said, Isa hated religion. I said, yes. I said, my father's house should be a house of prayer, he said. And they made it a den of thieves. They were ripping people off with the animals, the exchange rates. And he took a whip and drove them out and flipped the tables over, the money changers over. And I were in my drive. He said, Isa did this. I said, yes. I said, see, in the Quran, does it not say that God has no son? Does it not say that Jesus didn't die on a cross? He says, this is true. In the Bible, it says the opposite. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believed will not perish. And 1 Corinthians 2.8 says, if the principalities and powers, the liar, the devil, would have knew what he was doing, he would have never crucified the son of glory, but he did. Oh, but he did. So what do you think the liar is doing? I didn't crucify him. He's trying to put us back under the law. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by faith? It's all by faith. By what we believe and what he's accomplished. Yes, Father, you said it. God did really say, I'm going to believe it. And now all these false religions are full of that. So we have all this problem. The devil knows who Jesus is. He's a liar. He thinks I kill him, I win. But how could death Hold the author and giver of life. You destroy this temple. 46 years it took to build this. He wasn't talking about that one. I'll raise it in three days. Declared to be the son of God with power. And the same spirit, this is where the promise is coming. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Ask each day, God, fill me afresh today with the Holy Spirit. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will give life to your bodies. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will lead you and guide you that you don't gratify the flesh. And that same spirit, by that power, we can put to death the misdeeds of the body. Simple prayers like this, God, I'm alone with you in my secret place. Your word said that I was crucified with Christ into the world. So God, I'm here to meet with you. Make that a bigger reality in my life each and every day. I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. I want you to be glorified in my life. You pray that word because his word is spirit and life back to the Father. And that promise will become a reality in your life. I see some evangelists raising up in this place. I see people are going to start inviting people to church. I see the roster of God. You're the best he's got. I want you to know it's not persuasive words. It's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You'd be surprised, little simple things that you say, Jesus loves you. Has anyone told you that? And people sometimes start crying in an airport. I can't believe you said that. I'm thinking, I say that to everybody. And all of a sudden, they open up and begin to share their life with you. I want you to know now how crazy this world looks, you young people. Not everybody's joining the party. Some people think they're living in fear. The dooms clock, the doomsday clock's near midnight. And they, I say to young people, man, what kind of hope do you have in this mess? Man, I don't know. One guy said, well, I just get a good job, make money, and die. Wow, that's pretty hopeless. At the end of my life, it's all over. And through that, I share the... The gospel of the endless hope. That's what you can do. You can do it, guys. I'm an evangelist. I want to stir you up for good works. Okay. Oh, let's get back here. Uh, the promise of the Father is the power we need 
The gospel declared in power sets men free. I'm not looking for some extra biblical revelation. I want to declare the truth that's already been revealed in power by the Holy Spirit. If Paul preached the cross in Christ crucified, lest it be emptied of this power, the cross in Christ crucified. Think about it. A lot of people believe that Jesus died for them. But what about the fellowship of the cross? That we died with him. And if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and declared him to be the son of God with power, after, take what we baptize people. You're baptized in the likeness of Christ's dead, death. You're baptized into the likeness of Christ's death. And when that water breaks, it's a brand new baby girl named Gail, named Keith, filled with the spirit of God. We need to be free to serve the living God. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. We're talking about liberty today. We're talking about freedom. I'm talking about real freedom. I'm talking about eternal freedom. I'm talking about the best the devil can get from you is an earthly body that you can't take with him. We're chirping. We think God took our son, this weird teaching on sovereignty. God needed an angel in heaven. You hear all that stuff. Now, let me tell you what God did. He rescued my son out of that car accident March 4th, 2014, who was killed. God showed me when he stepped out of his body, he had his right hand out praying for me, and two angels took him to heaven. My friend Jason had a similar experience. When he was a little boy, he was in heaven. Two angels took him him to heaven. He said, I saw a rose bush with no thorns. I saw little kids playing full of joy and happiness. I wanted to go play with them. I didn't miss my mom and dad. I didn't miss my grandma and grandpa. I never wanted to leave this perfect love. And Jesus said, Jason, I have things I want you to do. I want you to go back. He touched it and made it new. They were getting ready to drill through the skull in the operating room. And miraculously, everything went back to normal. The doctor said it must have been a misdiagnosis, as they would, right? Heaven's real. Hell is real, but it wasn't created for people. Listen, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do not allow circumstances to be Lord over your life. To not allow another person that's name's not Jesus to be Lord over your life. Okay? Circumstances are subject to change. Faith doesn't come through focusing on your circumstances. It comes by looking into the face of Jesus in his word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And my disciple abides in my word. They'll know the truth and the truth will set them free. We have everything we need to participate in the divine nature, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Just by faith, believe the word. Pray it back to him. Declare it. Pray it. Believe it. He's not a man that he should lie, and he's given us his word, sealed with his blood. He's leading us to freedom and victory. May our lifestyles and witness be proof that Jesus lives. Can you stand with me this morning? I mean, I could go on and on and on. Because I love the word of God. But I don't think we have to go long. The spirit of God is here today. I'm just going to invite him to come. If we just just kind of close your eyes and just take a moment. I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit that you would come. Thank you that you're our best friend. And I'm asking you right now to move in this place. Lord, the, the words of, that I declared out of your book. Those words are spirit and life, God, and I just pray right now. There's freedom here today. There's freedom in this house. Maybe you're like me. You got away from God. You feel condemned. 
and you think somehow you're here just hoping that you can be saved. Is that you today? If that's you, just raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Man, I'm telling you, God loves you. And he's here to say to you right now that I've never given up on you. I knew where you are, and I could have had you at any moment if I didn't want you to be with me, but I want you to be there. So right now, if that's you, we're just going to pray a quick prayer. Father, I thank you. Just agree with me in prayer. For your mercy that triumphs over judgment, God. God, and I'm sorry for the things that I've done. And I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm coming back home today, God. God, I just thank you for right now. Let that spirit move. He's moving. People are getting set free. Now, maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus. If that's you today, I need you to see that hand. If that's you, I know there's people here. I feel it in my spirit. There's one. There's another one. Father God, I thank you right now. So we're going to pray. You ready? We're going to pray corporately. Here, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you on a prayer. So you ready? Together. Dear Father, I thank you that you love me and you gave your life for me. I believe, Jesus, that you were crucified on the cross, that you were raised the third day, and most of all, that you love me. I'm sorry for my sins, and I ask you to forgive me right now and cleanse me by your blood. I receive the free gift of salvation. And I give back this life that already belongs to you anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give a round of applause for those people that are coming home and that just gave their lives to Jesus. Now listen, one more thing. I forgave the guy that killed my son. I stood in court. This, this is what I said. I'm not going to mention his name. So and so, I want you to know that I've never had any unforgiveness to you. If my son Sam was standing here today and that I would have been the one that died, he would have said the same thing. I said, no amount of restitution, no amount of prison time is going to bring my precious son back. But you do need to go to jail because maybe there's where you'll get free of the alcoholism that's hurting your life and took my son's life. And maybe there you'll meet the one that set me free from my cocaine problem. They put it in the front page of the paper on my birthday, September 23rd, 2016. That was God's kiss on my cheek. Forgiveness is a trap of the devil because he's unforgiven. He's trying to get you offended at someone or something that should have never happened, that'll never happen again from your past, and hang on to something to keep you from heaven. Lord, his disciples said, teach us how to pray. Pray like this, our Father. <laughs> we get to call him Dad. Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us this day our daily bread. Now wait, forgive us our trespasses. We all want that part but as we forgive others. Come on, there's a condition attached to that. Now, if you're here today, and I know I, every service I do, there's, if it's thousands, there's hundreds. It's usually 20, 30%. If you have something in your life that's causing bitterness or unforgiveness that you haven't let go of, I need you to raise your hand and keep it up. 
Come on, that's it. Be honest, because God's going to take that away. You don't have to do it in your own strength. Hold it up. Now make a fist. Like That's how you've been holding on to that thing all these years. Now watch what the Holy Spirit's going to do, because he's here. You ready? Come on. Father, we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come. Lord, and I thank you that you've forgiven me of every lie, everything I've ever done. And I just begin to release that person right now, God. God, I am not going to be caught up in this. I forgive them right now by the power of the name of Jesus. So as you begin to feel that, release your hand, open your hand, and set that person free. God's doing it. You can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, do it. Don't let that take you out of a place that was of heaven and put you in a place that was created for the devil. That's the devil's life. Forgive them. Come on. You can do it. God's going to make it new. Don't look back. Jesus said, follow me. No farmer puts his hand to the plow and looks back. When that thing comes to torment you, if that person's still alive, Father, I forgive them and I pray for their salvation. If they knew what I knew, they would have never did what they did to me. And I could give you lots of stories about that. All right. Now listen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Now listen, I'm going to close the service. Um, We'll have some ministry time here. If you need prayer for anything, right, feel free to come up. Uh, I just want to thank you for making my wife and I feel welcome. And I want to close with this, because this is for some of these guys need this. You ready? Here's my ending. You'll love it. It's out of the Bible. It's got to be true. You, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. And on some have compassion making a distinction, but others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Glory to God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, hallelujah, keep them, Lord. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to prevent you, uh, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever in Jesus' name. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. Go let your light shine in Jesus' name.